If only they'd got me in there, I could have yeah. made it a smoother trip. If they had simply just asked the zombies, <laughs> if can they we just, take this money? You could have sorted this out in lickety split, Zachary. Mm. Or Zach. I don't know if I should call you Zach, but I'll call Very you both. Familiar. <laughs> Very familiar. Very familiar with well, Mr. You know, Snyder. I'm on the team now. I'm supposedly on the team of this zombie execution squad. Roll the dice and make it nice. You're listening to the Big Film Buffet. I am one of your hosts, Alexi Toliopoulos, and sitting across from me is your other host, Genevieve Fricker. Snake Eyes, baby. Oh, we're rolling Snake Eyes on the pod, and I'm holding an ace in my sleeve. Because on this podcast, we give you the recommendations for what you should be watching on Netflix this weekend. And this weekend, we're going to Vegas, baby. What are we talking about? We're talking about Zack Snyder's new film, Army of the Dead. And it is a big one, baby. You ready to play? There's $200 million in the vault beneath the strip. There's a 32-hour window to get it out. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. Army of the Dead, of course, is the latest film from auteur, visionary filmmaker Zack Snyder. And someone in this room is absolutely frothing to talk about this movie. It's I've got me. a feeling. It's me. I it's couldn't even wait. I couldn't even <laughs> wait for you to finish the goddamn sentence. It's me, Jen Fricker. I'm excited about this film. You're standing up. I'm throwing stuff around. <laughs> the stuff is everywhere the right stuff, now. Stuff's everywhere. Yes, I'm so excited about this film, mm-hmm. Army of the Dead. As soon as I saw the trailer, I yep. knew I would be the number one fan of this movie. And you I know think why? You really are. Zombie Tiger. Yeah. Have we seen it done before? Not like this. Not this way ever. I don't think I've seen a film like this before. I think that's what is so exciting about this film. Like, I love genre hybridity. Yes. Hybrids of genres. Mix and match genres coming together and finding something new. And I think that's really what Zack Snyder has done here with Army of the Dead. 100%. If I could give you the elevator pitch for this movie, it is Ocean's Eleven, but with zombies. Yes. Basically, a crack team of criminals, mercenaries, are sent into a now zombie-infested Las Vegas mm-hmm. to retrieve innumerable riches from a bank vault for a wealthy but mysterious Japanese owner. And it stars Dave Bautista, so you know you're going to have a good time. Absolutely. Tig Notaro <gasps> as a wise kraken helicopter maintenance pilot lady. What's well, a monster cast? It's that thing that heist movies do so well, which is we're assembling a crack team of experts. And you can cast so many fun, interesting people in those roles. Yes. One of my favorite character actors is in this movie, Garrett Dillahunt, who plays kind of like someone who's on the inside with the person that's hired them all and he's in there kind of like not double crossing but he's spying on them a little bit he's, he's a reporting to the person, boss yeah he's sneaking around he's a double agent maybe absolutely and i love that kind of role for him but i think that's the exciting thing about this film is the heist film is something that we all recognize the heist film is basically a plot that remains unchanged throughout history. Yes. You get a team of experts together. There's something that they want to get from within a vault or something that they can't get to where they need each skill and each personality to perfectly intertwine for them to get that item. Yes. To be dropped in and get it and then go. Heist movies are my 
favorite genre of movie. What do you love about them so much? <sighs> I love that everyone has a specific role. Mm-hmm. Like with the Oceans movies, I love that you can always expect complications. They're always usually really stylish yes. for the most part. There's tension, but there's not too much. Mm-hmm. There's a really clear outcome, so you know who you're rooting for. Yes. I always have so much fun watching a heist film. And then for this film, you're throwing in zombies. And I love a zombie film. Yeah, so you've nailed exactly what a heist film does well. It's a familiar plot where we have the setup, where we know how the plan should unfold, and then we inevitably see how it goes wrong. Yes. And I think the way that heist films can remain interesting is exactly what this film does so well, which is then by going, it's a heist meets something else. Yes. Like, you know, we've got some classes like A Fish Called Wanda, which is like a heist film in like a slapstick comedy. You've got something like Widows, which is a really cool heist film kind of in a political thriller. Yes. And then you've got- Point Break, which is heist film, but with surface. Yes. And then Don't Breathe from a few years ago that I really like, which is heist film in a horror movie and almost like a haunted house kind of vibe. Here, we've got heist film meets zombie horror. Yeah, and under the eye of Zack Snyder, Mm -hmm. it's just fun, slashy, schlocky fun. Like, it's just because it's set in Vegas. Mm -hmm. We spoke a little bit on the last episode about why we love films set in Vegas, why Vegas as a setting is a character in itself. Mm -hmm. But because we know all those tropes of Vegas, the big casinos with the floors of endless pokies, Mm. the showgirls, you've got the magicians, the Siegfried and Roy, like, Tigers. Exactly. You've even got in the opening sequence of this film, which is scored to, I believe it's a Richard Cheese cover yes. of Viva Las Vegas. Yeah. Which, again, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I know I'm going to love this movie. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is Jen on a plate Richard right now. Richard Cheese is my king. <laughs> yes. Richard Cheese. Who is he for people that don't know? He's just a guy who does like very cheesy lounge covers mm-hmm. of classic songs like Nirvana. Yes. Smells like teen spirit. And it's kind of like the song that you'd hear in like a late night lounge in Vegas. Yes. So it kind of like sings so harmoniously coming together to create like what I believe is probably Zack Snyder's absolute like uniquely greatest strength that other people want to imitate, which is creating like really evocative, exciting opening title sequences. Yes. And this one we're seeing like a camera rove through Vegas as it succumbs to a zombie apocalypse. Yes. And here we've got all the things that we love. We've got Richard Cheese playing, but you've got like Liberace basically there, like a construct of Liberace getting gobbled up by a zombie. You've got Mm. the showgirls, you've got like chips falling out everywhere. And it's so exciting. And I think that this is why I really like this film as well, is Zack Snyder is a director who is very big and bold and has made exclusively big and bold epic movies Mm -hmm. and this is the one I've enjoyed the most in the last few years because he does something really interesting with a tone here where he finds like all these little variances in tone where there'll be moments that are really overtly satirical almost like satirizing like what zombie movies do because zombie movies are always about something that's not just zombies it's about like what people are doing what the world is like now so he's like over saturating that and I think that's very fun and then there's moments of like supreme action movie stuff oh He's the king of an action sequence. Mm-hmm. When I think about Zack Snyder, I think about 300, where <gasps> the I guys think about kicked 300. into the pit. Mm-hmm. He's so stylized mm-hmm. in the way that he approaches 
violence for better or for worse some people are not a fan of it some people are i for one am because i love graphic novels yes for me what he brings to the screen is a sense of storytelling through movement yeah and visual yes like frame storytelling too yeah 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 so for me i love it it's what i loved about watchmen as well the characters are so big mm-hmm. but some of the best moments are these small moments in between yeah each character I don't know. I'm realizing through this podcast, I have like very teen boy taste. (laughs) You do. You do. But that's why we love you, Jen. That's why we love you. (laughs) What I love about Army of the Dead is taking two really strong visual traditions of the zombie movie Mm -hmm. and the Vegas movie. Vegas movie is glossy. Mm -hmm. It's fake teeth it's glowing it's yeah. like big and it's, it's excess it's excess yes and zombies are like disgusting mm-hmm. creatures that devour themselves you know so it's just this perfect like high low trashy glossy mix which i just think is so interesting to watch yeah. and then yeah you're so right like he finds all these notes this satirical note it's really heightened and then also there's like a nice emotional core to this story as well because Dave Bautista, I think, is an actor who's really coming into his own these days. Mm-hmm. He starts out as a wrestler. I knew him from then. I did like wrestling for a hot minute. I did like Bautista because he is Greek. He's half Greek, half Filipino. He's got a Greek flag tattoo, so I knew that he was Greek and I've always loved him. <laughs> and I will sing his praises forever because I also think that we have not really had an actor like him in a very long time, maybe since Sylvester Stallone, who's someone yeah. who is like a big muscle man who does macho action movies, but then is able to like access this well of like subtle emotional acting as well. Yeah, for and sure. So I'm so freaking hyped to see him actually leading a movie because mm. he's always a scene stealing supporting player. So it's cool to see him become a leading man in a film like this. I don't think you could really find anyone else that could nail this role as far as aesthetically goes and also for the emotional resonance that we need for a character like this and I think that relationship between him and the actress that plays his daughter Ella Purnell is really kind of sweetly found in this movie and you do believe all those emotional notes between them Mm. and this is really like a classic heist movie it's a monster cast it is it's huge and everyone in it has again much like the heist itself Mm -hmm. everyone in it realizes their role that they're playing within it the best example of this is tig nataro oh my gosh we are tig stands we are tig simps yes we're tig simps okay yeah she is in this movie as marianne peters who is the helicopter pilot Mm -hmm. and She, I think, as an actor, knows exactly what her role is in this. She's not the big Dave Bautista. Mm -hmm. She's not the big lead. She's not the kind of sneaky one in the background. She's the wisecracking smart Alec, you know? Absolutely. And that's why she's so perfect in this. It's so interesting you say that because I have it on good authority that Tig may actually not have known what her role in this was. What? She was a late addition to the cast. She was a replacement actor and she filmed... All of her scenes by herself with an acting partner. No. On green screens, on sets and stuff like that. So wait, so she's in these scenes with people. Yes, and they've placed her in after. That's nuts. Absolutely. I'm thrilled by it. And it's so convincing. Yeah, I had no no idea. idea. I had no idea. It's kind of fascinating because I love Tig Notaro. Mm. And she, in interviews, had said that she thought that she might have ended up being the lead of this movie and stuff. Oh my gosh. Not knowing how it's turning out. But I think that Tig has like that perfect dry energy that suits something like this. Mm. And I think 
think it's like movie star Tig as well. I've only ever seen her as a stand-up and I mm-hmm. love her and playing these kind of smaller, more dry roles. Like yeah. the first time I saw her on TV was in the Sarah Silverman show. Yeah. She played Officer Tig. She was in Transparent as yeah. one of the partners. And again, that's like quite a small ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. It's very small emotional performances. But it's just good to see her like hamming it up, yeah. smoking a cigar, kicking butt. There's a Tig Notaro bit where she tells, like, you know, that classic comedy thing was like, oh, you know who you look like? And she's like, people always say I look like Tom Cruise. Oh, my gosh. And this is, like, Tig Notaro as Tom Cruise in this movie being, like, the pilot, like, maverick, like, top gun. And just got me thinking, like, if Tig Notaro can be placed into this movie... I want her to have a huge career being placed in Tom Cruise movies for oh the rest my of my gosh. life. Like they do like a Tig Notaro edit of like Mission Impossible. Oh my God. Just all Tig Notaro in all the Mission Impossibles. I want to see Tig Notaro's face inches from a computer and a laser beam when she's being dangled from the ceiling. Yes. Oh, I Gosh, I would love to see her in anything. Like, even playing the guy from Born on the Fourth of July, like the veteran in the wheelchair, like Tom Cruise's <laughs> most emotional performance, where he truly did deserve to win an Oscar. He only got the nomination. He got beat out by Daniel Day-Lewis uh-huh. for My Left Foot. The only person that could ever beat him. That's what I'll say there. Wow. But I would love to see that emotional performance be put on with just Tig's dry comedy. Oh, my gosh. I would, I would love, love that. to see Tig in Vanilla Sky. <laughs> <gasps> I saw Vanilla Sky once when... When yeah. I was maybe 13 years old. I did not understand it. Had no idea. Yeah. Never stopped thinking about it. No. I'll see you in another life when we're cats. That's from that movie. I don't know how I remembered it. I don't I wish to revisit time. it unless Tig Notaro's in it. Tig yeah. Notaro subbed in for Tom Cruise. And that's the Tig Notaro haircut. Yeah. You could do that this weekend if you listen to this podcast <laughs> and you have you the skills. you got a bit of time on your hands. Go for it. Come on. Go big. Sub Tig. You know there is a Tom Cruise connection to this film. What's that? Matthias Schweighöfer, who plays the safecracker. Oh, Ludwig the safecracker, my other favourite character in this film. Great, very mm-hmm. charismatic performance. Matthias was in Valkyrie <gasps> with Tom Cruise. Already we've got scenes of him and Tig together. We can just sub them into the movie. Just composite, you know? But I think that this is a cool character. Mm. And there's some good interchange between him and Tig's character where they talk about some of that self-knowing high stuff. Where they're like, well, he's the safecracker. And I'm the pilot. We're the most valuable people in this mission. So we should get a bigger cut. I think that's so funny. Such a good take on the heist film. And then he's an interesting character as well because he's just delighted to be here. Mm. Him cracking the safe open is his idea of Nirvana. Yes. And he's going to reach it. There's something that's really exciting about this movie. This is kind of being pitched as the start of a major franchise. Mm. And I really do think it is a very cool and unique property to be able to expand out of that way. And it has been announced that this actor, Matthias, his character is going to be the lead and he's going to be the director, producer and writer of a spinoff called Army of Thieves, which will show his life pre-Army of the Dead as a safecracker. 
Oh man, I'm so hyped for that. Really, I'm hyped for that. Yeah, because I want to see how like a supporting kind of comedy character in a film like this can be elevated to become the lead with emotional stakes in there. And it's something so interesting in like the childlike glee that he brings into this performance that I do really want to see explored further. Yes. I like his character growth in it as well. He starts mm. off being very scared by the zombies, yep. as we all would. In oh, a way, he's the avatar for the audience, you know? Truly. That gets me thinking, how are we going to make it through this? How? Yeah. What would you and I be doing if we were in this team? In the heist team? I'd be useless, frankly. Yeah. I would love to be the <laughs> guy that liability. waits with the car or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be the one that's on the radio mic being mm-hmm. like, turn left. I'd be the map person oh the cartographer perhaps yeah the one that's like turn left take a left they're coming up on your right (gasps) get into the vent the eye in the sky i think you would be amazing at that because i'm watching you right now in real time you're sitting at a microphone yes and so i'm living this right now (laughs) do i know how to talk yes do i have a pair of eyes uh yes you're doing it i feel like you'd be the charming (gasps) con man wow you'd be the one that gets at the front and is distracting people says the security guards the casino whoever it is with like good fun chat yes the banter man the banter man I actually would love that because in Ocean's Eleven that's Bernie Mac that's a little bit Matt Damon Mm. I'm a hybrid of the two absolutely I am 100% that's my personality Uniquely about this movie, we've got two different types of zombos. Mm-hmm. We've got the shamblers, which are classic uh, groaning zombies. Slow moving. Slow moving moaners. They love to eat. They love to just feed upon the humans. And then you've got something new, which is unique to Army of the Dead. You've got the alphas, which are leaders. They're fast moving. Interpersonal relationships. They do have interpersonal relationships mm. with each other mm. and they like feel like they are the leaders of this like new tribe of zombies in there. I feel like I may be an expert in communications. I mean, honey, I dropped out of two communications degrees, so I learned a thing or two about people that are new to communicating. He's an observer. I'm an observer and I'm a talker and a squawker. Mm. I reckon I could go in and just be like, listen, buddies, we got to go in to get some money. Money doesn't mean squat to you guys, but it means a heck of a lot for us here in this team of mercenaries. Let me in, please, and give me a safe passage. Please go and talk to all your friends out there. I promise you, you can eat one of my buddies here. Gobble Mm. him up, but only until after I've come through there and... That would be my plan. It would take a lot of the central tension out of the movie. Yeah. But I do see it for you. <laughs> if only they got me in there, I could have yeah. made it a smoother trip. If they had simply just asked the zombies, <laughs> if can they we just, take this money? Please, get please. a nice chubby chumming co- podcaster from Australia on the team. <laughs> you could have sorted this out in lickety split, Zachary. Mm. Or Zach. I don't know if I should call you Zach, but I'll call Very you both. Familiar. <laughs> Very familiar. Very familiar with well, Mr. You know, Snyder. I'm on the team now. I'm supposedly on the team of this zombie execution squad. You know what? Maybe that's part of your communication skill is, you know, undoing people's boundaries. Yeah. I think that's what I would be able to do with the zombies Mm. and it would work out better for them. So, we were talking about our favourite characters. Dave mm-hmm. Bautista's character. Yeah. Tignataro's character. Mm-hmm. Matthias Schweighofer's character. Mm-hmm. My favourite character, and I mentioned them at the top, Zombie Tiger. Oh, yeah. That zombie tiger is spectacular. It's so creepy looking, right? It's so creepy. I mean, is it a pets on sets? I mean, it's a CGI tiger. Oh, yes. But it 
Seems real to me. And it's based on the iconic Siegfried and Roy tiger. Yeah. So it's a gorgeous white beast yeah. with black stripes mm. and also half a face. Half a so face. So you can see that scary skull underneath it. Loves a little bit of a nap while mm-hmm. all the zombie hordes are like running along, but then we'll jump in when it's needed. Just as a concept, it's so yeah, fun. It's really cool. Yeah. I think that this is a really cool flick. Obviously, it's one of the biggest movies of the year. It's so hotly anticipated. Snyder has really carved out this huge piece of popular culture. Mm. And I think this will really satisfy a lot of fans because it is quite different to the work that he's been doing recently. It's a lot of fun. Mm. It's also the first time in a while that not only has he tackled the zombie genre like he did with a fantastic remake of Dawn of the Dead, at the start of his career. It's the first time that he's done something that's not an adaptation in a long time. So you're really getting to see him play around and yeah. like be really playful with things. He was the director of photography of this film himself. And he's got like one of the most magnificent eyes in like modern cinema in creating striking images. So this is going to satisfy a lot of different people. I am even surprised by how much I love this movie. Really? Yeah, I really was really into this film. Why were you surprised by that? I think that it surprised me because, you know, it's two familiar genres. So I didn't expect to be surprised by anything really in it. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be like an entry into both rather than like a fun entry that goes down both paths in satirizing zombie movies and satirizing heist movies as well. And also being fun along the way with lots of tonal variants. And so it really delivered on things I didn't even expect from this movie. Mm, I'm with you 100%. It sets up a really huge world. Mm -hmm. Even just the opening sequence and where we kind of land at afterwards there's already so much that's happened to these characters. Yeah, huge world building. World building on the scale of like a Lord of the Rings, a Star yeah. Wars, if you will. I'm not saying it's at that level yet, but like it's exciting to kind of dive into something that's got so much potential. It's really fun. If you love a zombie movie, you'll have a good time. Sitting at home, popping mm-hmm. on something fun, not having to stress out too much and just watching something that looks great. And clearly has an ensemble of people having a lot of fun in it. This is absolutely the movie for you. And after you've watched Army of the Dead and you want a little more that is along that same path, Jen, what are your recommendations? If you like the shambling hordes of zombies uh, keen to devour more delicious human flesh in the form of zombie <laughs> movies. That yes. does not work as a metaphor at all. But I strongly recommend, if you love Army of the Dead, mm-hmm. Train to Busan. Train to Busan is like a Korean zombie movie, right? Train to Busan is the only zombie movie that's made me cry. Wow. <laughs> is a brilliant South Korean film about class it's about family relationship and it is all set on a train that is basically slowly getting infested with zombies from the back to the front it's brilliant it is one of the best films i've ever seen and it also has zombies this is such a high recommendation Uh, for me to you guys what i'm going to recommend i'm going to give you one heist movie which is on netflix it's called triple nine it's an underrated film that i don't think many people have seen that i want to get more eyes on because it has a fantastic kate winslet performance where she plays a matriarch of a crime family 
Very cool stuff. And then there's also an Australian zombie movie called Cargo, which has Martin Freeman kind of going cross-country in Australian outback yeah. while there's a zombie apocalypse going on. Shot in South Australia, I believe. I believe so. And that is a really cool one to check out as well. Cargo, mm-hmm. starring Martin Freeman, Australian zombie movie. Well, Jen, thank you for chatting to me once again on the podcast. Thank you for being such a wonderful partner in crime. Wow. The crime, getting to the heart of what's the best thing to watch on Netflix this weekend. (laughs) The perfect heist. And thank you to all the diners at the Big Film Buffet this week. If you like what you're listening to, give us five stars on your podcast app of choice and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was hosted by Alexi Toliopoulos and me, Jen Fricker. Produced by Michael Sun and Anu Hasbol. Edited by Jeffrey O'Connor. And executive produced by Tony Broderick and Melanie Marnie. 